You're listening to All Marine Radio, broadcasting from Costa Mesa, California, on the All Warrior Radio Network. Thanksgiving and all that shit. No, I'm just kidding. Happy Thanksgiving. Welcome to the House of All Marine Radio. On the best feast of the year. Yeah, you don't have to worry about presents or some other bullshit theme that you fucked up. Yeah, so nobody's pissed about that. Just show up and eat and try not to be an asshole. Those are the requirements. Thanksgiving. Boom. And many will fail. Okay? That's why it's important that you listen to this program. Because you can be mentally prepared. I mean, and it's not like it's hard in most families to, you know, to like, who's going to be the asshole amongst us? We know that. Right? So you can mentally prepare yourself. Because you've listened to All Marine Radio. You're familiar with the tenets of post-traumatic winning. And you know that's going to happen. So-and-so's going to drink too much. They're going to say something to so-and-so. Their wife's going to get involved in it. That's going to bring this person into it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I know. There's like a whole bunch of people that just stopped and said, whoa, how's he know that much about my family? Yeah, man. It is that way, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Take the appropriate precautions. If you have to leave early, leave early. And when they call you the next day and say, hey, why'd you leave early? Say, yeah, I don't hang around for the for the drunk fest anymore, okay? And that might lead to an actually productive conversation, yeah, with somebody. What do you mean, <laughs> right? What do you mean? What do I mean? Like, every year, Larry gets drunk. Larry's kind of my favorite loser name, right? Don't ask me why. Maybe because Larry in the Three Stooges was such a loser, 
right? Mo was the driving force, Curly. Shemp was like a fourth wheel that I don't really kind of showed up sometimes, part of the early group, not part of the late group. But Larry was just like the fucked up stooge, right? Fucked up hairstyle, just generally a fucked up guy. Mo slapping him around. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, when I default to Larry anytime I want to talk about some kind of loser. <laughs> and so for, to all you Larrys out there, I want to apologize. It's not a loser name. I just like use it as one. So if you're Larry out there, I don't mean to start your Thanksgiving off on a shitty note. But anyway, so like, what do you mean? Well, you know, you know how when Larry gets just hammered out of his ass every Thanksgiving, like in the late afternoon, then he starts talking shit. I'm not staying for that anymore. Well, well, we missed you so much. Yeah, well, somebody needs to get that dog on a leash, man. I'm tired of it. I'm not going to subject my family or myself to that anymore. So, we're, you know, we, we had a great time, and then we left. So if you want to know why we left, there you go. There's a fucking gorilla in the room. His name's Larry. Yeah. Or Loretta, whatever. So, um, anyway, good morning to you. Uh, the Mensa Brothers is going to join me for the second half of a conversation that we had uh, a couple days ago. It starts off with, we start talking about Italian food. Right? So... Yeah. Um, Will's Italian. Jeff's half. Timmy and I are, ne- are, are know nothing about things Italian. Although Tim would profess that he does. He actually, in fact, does not. Yeah. The, um, what else going on? Thanksgiving. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm doing my own turkey. Right? I'm doing my own turkey, and I have to tell you, I have skills, right? The, um, oh, I'll tell you big news yesterday. So I'm minding my own business, running errands, went down to San Clemente, one of my favorite places, and um, I want to move down there next year. So I go down to San Clemente and to get a haircut. I get there talking to Patrick, my son, on the phone, and um, and I'm giving him shit, right? So he's married now. He's been married since August. So I said, hey, when are you going to have a kid, man? He's like, dude, I, I'm not talking to you about that stuff. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm your dad. You know what? <laughs> you don't have a you don't have a deep, meaningful conversation about impregnating your wife. <laughs> he said. He said no. He said no. I I refuse. I refuse to have that conversation. I'm like, all right. So I'm talking to him on the phone, and I park, I park my truck, and I'm getting ready to get out of the truck to go get my haircut. And I look around, looking for my wallet. I look in the overhead. Oh, my truck. I have to tell you about my truck. Well, my truck has been having some issues, and I love my truck, okay? My truck's 11 years old. White Nissan Frontier runs it drives nicer than most cars do okay but i'm emotionally attached to my truck and um colleen was driving it i don't know three weeks ago a month ago you know and she fucking breaks my truck all the time and then she doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about right when she calls me dad the car broke like what are you talking about tell me the battery lights on 
well, no shit. When the engine dies, the battery light goes on. You know, just shit like that. No, just utterly clueless, right? So I go see my mechanic, Dave Rivera. And I think I was talking about this yesterday, but so I'm like, hey, Dave, can you check and see this is going on? And he's like, ah, that's kind of weird, la, la, la. So he hooks up the tech to the computer, right, to my car. <laughs> Do you remember the day when your your mechanic had to be a genius? Yeah. Guys are like video game players now. He hooks the computer up, and he's scanning. And he's I, I was talking yesterday. And, you know, all of that. And so I start giving him shit. I said, you don't know shit, do you? And he's, he starts laughing. So, so that would have been not last night, but the night before. That's where I left the story off. Okay. So there's no resolution. So I go home after talking to Dave, and I get on the internet, right? Nissan Frontier 2010 stalls the slip light and the VDC light go on. I, I, I do a search on that. All this information comes up. So I start reading it. And as I'm reading it, I I then come across something. I think this is probably it. And then I see a couple comments, and it's the camshaft sensor. Check the camshaft sensor. Shaft sensor. Check the camshaft sensor. So I'm like, Okay. So, and then there's two other comments that says, check the brake fluid level. And I'm like, check the brake fluid level. Why would that, like, cause my car not to, to, to shut off? So I'm thinking, I think it's a camshaft sensor, something. So anyway, I print this thing out. I drive over to Dave's and talk to Dave and see his, his dog, Megan. And so... I show him this thing. I said, I think this is it. So he's looking at it. He goes, ah, it could be. I said, um, camshaft sensor, expensive? He said, nah, like 40 bucks maybe. Maybe more if you want to go buy retail here. I said, okay. I said, "Do I mean, should they have it locally? He said, yeah, they should. I said, okay. So then <laughs> he says, well, the brake fluid, let's just... Uh, Let's just check the brake fluid. So we go over to my truck. We're shooting the shit. He, he, you know, flicks the reservoir with his finger. He goes, well, it's not empty. So he opens it. He said, well, it's a little low. And then he does that, and we're talking. And I said, okay, I'm going to go get this camshaft sensor. So I drive to, and my car doesn't do what was this little, like, it, it felt like electrical hesitation, like it was struggling to get fuel, so like a, a thing, and then the light's going. It doesn't do the there or back, but it's a small statistical sample. I get the sensors, and then I come back, and he says, oh, you got them. I said, yeah. I said, Dave, why do I need you to install these? So you can jack my wallet for some money? And he starts laughing. <laughs> he said... He says, you don't need me. I said, is it complicated? I mean, do do I do anything more than stick it in? Do you have to reset something on the tech too? He goes, no. He said, you just got to insert it. I said, okay, well, where, where are they? He said, well, let's go find out. So we go into his, we go into his shop and I'm standing there shooting the shit with him, messing around with Meg and the dog. 
And so I'm watching him. He goes back on YouTube. And I'm looking at him like, fuck. You're a mechanic. You're a mechanic. You don't know. Isn't there some like really thick book you open up and look into? He goes, no, man. It's all on YouTube. <laughs> it's all on YouTube. So he, so he shows me. He goes, this is where it's at. you got to take this off and this off, and then you'll get to it. And so I'm like, all right, I'll see if I'm going to go home, and I'm going to like see if that's beyond my echelon of maintenance. So go get a uh, kind of little step stool so I can have some leverage getting into the engine compartment. And I quickly ascertain it's um, beyond my echelon of maintenance. So get in the truck, head to San Clemente. Okay, now remember, we, I left I left you with, that's a truck update. I left you with, I'm getting out of the truck. I'm talking to Patrick. And now I'm looking around for my wallet. Where's my wallet? I look in the overhead, not there. I look next to me, next to the little emergency brake thing. It's not in that thing. I look there. It's not under the seat. It didn't slide off the, the passenger seat into the door compartment. I'm like, fuck. I left my fucking wallet at home. That's a 30-minute drive to take me. So now I'm pissed. So I call Colleen because she was at home when I left. I said, Colleen, wh- where are you? She said, I'm with mom. She said, why? I said, I think I left my wallet at home. She said, well, we're just in the driveway. And I'm like, so you're not really, you're still at home. She goes, yes. I said, would you go in the garage, in the studio, look on the desk, see if my wallet's there. So she goes in. She says, it's here. So I yell, fuck. So they, (laughs) I yell, fuck. So they heard it. San Juan Capistrano, Dana Point, maybe Laguna Beach. God forbid the artists of Laguna Beach should hear that word. But anyway, they might have. Down into the northern part of Pendleton. So, but let me just tell you something I learned and a blessing, right? If you have like your your debit cards loaded into like Google Pay or Samsung Pay because I have a Samsung phone, you take that thing, you go to your ATM, and you get cash. Yeah. So I had done this before in San Clemente, and Colleen was with me. So I'm headed there. I'm headed to the bank to go get cash. And she texts me, Dad, you can use your phone. to." I'm like, okay, genius. I know. We did this before. She says, LOL, we did. So, yeah. So I get my haircut. I go to the Hobie shop because I like the Hobie shop because you want to know why I like the Hobie shop? It's a surf shop. You know why I like surf clothes? Because they're cotton. I like cotton. I don't like wool. It's comfortable. So I go. I'm looking for a black hoodie. I find one. I get the hoodie. I leave. I go home. I work out. I go buy another kettlebell because I like kettlebell deep squats. You want to do a good squat? Do that, son of a bitch. All the way down, the full range of motion into a squat. What do you mean, Mac? Okay, let me tell you what I mean. Have you ever seen pictures of, in Vietnam, right, of Vietnamese villagers, the way they can squat down, like ass to the ground, and they and they just sit like that? Little kids do it. I'm talking about that squat. So full range of motion with weight. So you take the kettlebell, you put it in your hands, and you put it right in front of your sternum, it's probably a little bit north of your sternum, okay? Because I'm sitting here doing it right now. And then you do, like, full-range squats. 
So anyway, I do that. And um, yeah, and there you go. So um, that leads me to this and the little technical malfunction this morning. So, but, so what, what we'll do today on this eve of Thanksgiving, first of all, if you're looking for recipes, uh, go to the All Marine Radio, Radio website. Right, You could do that right now. In fact, I'll walk you through it because I'm essentially a full-service host here. Oh, there's another little tidbit of news i got to share with you. Um, so if you go to the All Marine Radio website, which I'm doing right now, you go there, and in the search box, type in Thanksgiving. Hit enter. That's important. Okay. And um, you'll see a whole bunch of podcasts. All right. Here's one. Graduate School for Thanksgiving Chefs. It's all about the gravy, baby. <laughs> that is the chef. The chef. Uh, right. Cooking a great Thanksgiving meal. Advice from the Almarine Radio Chef. Brine your bird. So Kim talking about uh, brining. And then, let's see. The chef says, how long does refrigerated beef last? Why put apple cider vinegar and pie crust? Great post-Thanksgiving turkey soup. And a picture of, is that my soup? That's not my soup. And there's a picture of a cherry pie there. Yeah. Then there's a picture of my two daughters and our dogs. I cooked a great Thanksgiving meal, and my dog survives about with Halloween candy. So there, <laughs> there's, there's all kinds of stuff in there. So have a look at that. And, um, and then you can also go to the blog or the read board if you're looking for recipes. And um, if you scroll down, at some point, you see the chef. Bear with me. And click, when you see the picture of the chef standing behind his bar, then click on the read read more little, little hyperlink. And then you'll see, um, for all of Kim's recipes we've discussed, click here and click there. And so... Then you'll go to a page that has a uh, just a whole bunch of recipes. Okay, a whole bunch of recipes, and uh, if I were you, I would check it out. That's yeah, that's what I would do. And uh, so there you have it. So there you have it. Um, yeah. So if you're looking for a little bit of. Uh, Thanksgiving help help the um, and then the other little piece of news that I would give you is um Yeah, there's an article published on We Are the Mighty about Almer and Radio and Post Traumatic Winning. Yeah, how about that? I should, uh, I'll put the link to it here, but 
I did the interview about a year ago, and I did not know, uh, I did not know what had happened to it. Mm-hmm. Je ne sais pas. I did not know. So, yeah, I'm looking at all these different recipes, but you know, you can find, um, and again, depending on how you store your stuff and how you view it, I would view it in details, not like, not in pictures, so you can see. And I think, I'm trying to, yeah, Thanksgiving sides. Uh, Thanksgiving sides, cranberry pear relish, Thanksgiving sides, scallop, scallop corn. So there's all kinds of stuff in there. So anyway, you can check that out. Yeah, so um, I did an interview about a year ago. And um, and you know, somebody had known about the Marine Corps. And the guy who interviewed me was a reservist, and he was on active duty. And uh, his name is Joel Searles. He's a major. And uh, so, you know, he calls me. He says, hey, you know, could I interview you about what you do? And I said, yeah. And so, yeah, there's a, uh, there's an article on We Are the Mighty. Which is, you know, for those of you who know, who are involved in military-related websites, here's the headline. Post-traumatic winning. All Marine Radio host helps Marines deal with trauma. So I'm coming back from San Clemente, and all of a sudden my phone starts blowing up. <laughs> and I see the link, and then I see people, like, talking shit to me. And um, and I'm like, wow, who knew that was going to happen? So a nice little, uh, nice little surprise yesterday. And so I got a nice note from him. And I said, uh, hey, just so you know, there's more to that story if you ever want to write anything else. I said, and, and the story really is how Marines use this to help other Marines. And so he says, let me give you a call on Monday. So hopefully um, that will beget more. Um, so I'll hopefully, maybe that'll open more doors to preach the gospel of post-traumatic winning. All right. So with that said, good morning to everybody out there. The United States Marine Corps, no, it's Friday. It's not Friday, but it is Friday, right? So Whitney Houston, um, she sings the national anthem today. So on this day before Thanksgiving, good morning to everybody.
I don't know if you remember, but that was that was really good <laughs> when she did that. And because I only hear it like once a week, I always remember that. And so uh, this is dedicated to all you that are going to go see families. Um, and I hope you have a great time. For those of you who don't have, um, who ha- who have families that have just as much chance to have a, uh, a a low order nuclear detonation as you do to have a good time. Um, good luck to you. Don't be afraid to leave early. Um, and and again, the reason I say that is this: when you when you have a shitty time with close family like that, who pays the price for it? It's the people who you love because you take that shit home. It will impact you for days, right? It always does. And so do yourself a favor. Do everybody else a favor and don't allow it to happen. And if it means leaving early, if it means not drinking, it means any of that, then I would tell you, without a doubt, do that. Infinitely better than the alternative. So this is dedicated to that subset of our tribe, right? Be smart, right? Um, enjoy as much as a holiday with your family as you can. But when you see the dangers signs, run, Forrest, run, okay? And don't be afraid. Hey, there's nothing wrong with running as long as you run early, okay? If you run late, you're fucked, okay? You might as well stay, you might as well stay and bask in the glory of all the shit, okay? Don't run late, okay? It's like I learned that about being cold in Quantico. Rainy, shitty, 36-degree cold, just freezing your ass off. And so you'd bring your snivel gear, right? And and for me, it was a it was this um, canvas. Um, it, 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 it was old core shit. It was rubberized canvas that they, you know, par- this parka that I think the Army or the Marine Corps issued it in the in the fifties and early sixties. Big hood, so you get over your helmet, and um, and I had one. And I would put underneath that, I would put my poncho liner, not my poncho liner, my field jacket liner. And let me tell you, man, dry, a few layers on. Yeah, I had my L.L. Bean River Driver shirt, which is cotton, because I like cotton, right? You heard me say that? Yeah, that's the way I am. Cotton's comfortable on your skin. So then I would have my blouse, you know, my camouflage, my T-shirt, my camouflage blouse, then field jacket liner, then rubberized canvas. Okay, let me tell you about rubberized canvas. Water doesn't go through it. Oh, man, Gore-Tex. Yeah, you know what happens when you get rained on when you're wearing Gore-Tex for about six hours? You have soaked fucking Gore-Tex. You know what happens when you get rained on for six hours and you wear rubberized canvas? Not a fucking thing, right? Yeah, so I'd pull my shit out before I got soaking wet and guys would be like, Mac, what are you being a pussy for? I'm like, I'm not afraid to be a pussy. I said, let me give you some advice. If you're going to go pussy, go pussy early. Because there's no sense in putting on your snowball gear after you're soaking fucking wet, you moron. <laughs> hey, I took I took no shit from those idiots. Yeah, they'd be standing around soaking wet. Then they put their cold their wet weather gear on. 
what's wrong with this picture? It's good to be smart, idiot child. So, yeah, this is some of that advice. Okay, there's nothing wrong <laughs> with running away from Thanksgiving, but run early. Okay, so when Aunt Matilda or Uncle Larry reaches for the ninth beer or martini, right, and you know it's about to go down, just stand up and say, hey, I just got a text message. I got to go to work. What? Uh, uh, uh. Yep. Everybody grab your shit. We're leaving. Kiss everybody. Out the door. And everybody looks at you like, what happened? Like, oh, fuck. It was getting ready to go. Let's go home. And then everybody's happy. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Happy, 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 happy. Right? All right. So this is dedicated to that proposition. Don't be afraid to limit the damage on Thanksgiving. All right. Everybody got that memo? I hope so. Okay. Because again, when you fuck that one up and the thing gets sideways again, who pays the price for that? The people that are close to you because it affects you. So fight smarter. Yeah. With that said, this is dedicated to that group. betraying your whole life if you don't say what you think and you don't say it honestly and bluntly what keeps you awake at night nothing i keep other people awake at night for this campus had prepared him well <clears throat> i'm very confident that thank you very much <clears throat> if this was vodka it'd be a lot better speech <clears throat> But I'm not supposed to glamorize alcohol anymore. So, young folks, you ignore what I just said. We just have to execute. And we are executing every day. And Sergeant Major and I are very proud of what you do. Doesn't mean we can't get better. We don't. We don't want to make a mistake to learn. We don't want to lose to learn. We cannot lose if we have to go fight. We got to do what these Marines did here 75 years ago: persevere against difficult challenging conditions and odds to win. You gotta win.
just in case you don't know, that's Junior Walker and the All-Star. Yeah. Hello. All right. Time to do the weather here. And then the Mensa Brothers. I'll check some news headlines pretty quick. And then the Mensa Brothers are going to join me. Currently sunny and 46 in Quantico, down the coast at Marine Corps Air Station, Cherry Point, home of the 2nd Marine Air Wing. Yeah. That I personally, I personally love. Yes. For a whole lot of reasons, too. I won't go into them right now. Afghanistan, 2nd Marine Air Wing. Boom. Grown-ups. Um, 29 Palms, Marine Corps Base type. Sunny in 61. Um, Camp Smith in Hawaii. Sunny in 67? I'm doing the weather an hour later. Okay, the sun's up in Hawaii. In uh, Manila, it is dark cloud in 81. In Okinawa, dark cloudy 58. And in Darwin, it is dark cloudy in 83. Shout out to Mike Marletto. Yeah. Mike Marletto is down in Australia, I think. If he was back in Konas and he didn't tell me, some shit's going to go down. Currently at the home of Balmering Radio, Costa Mesa, Newport Beach area of Southern California, it is. Sunny and 62. Looking for a high of 72 today. Yeah. That's why we live here. 72 today. 79 on Thanksgiving. <laughs> 81 on Friday. 75 on Saturday. 77 on Sunday. Yeah. That is a look at your weather here. On, a, uh, on the eve of Thanksgiving. That would be called Thanksgiving Eve if you're keeping track. Okay, so we'll check some we'll check some news <laughs> we'll check some news headlines, and um, and then you'll hear the Mensa the Mensa schmoes. Uh, top story in Stars and Stripes, obviously a slow news day. J- yeah, with hey, with the Russians massing on the Ukrainian front. Lead story is German tax collectors continue to target U.S. airmen after he returns to America. Yeah, the Germans. What a bunch of fools. All right, so Stars and Stripes, all their reporters must already be out on, like, holiday. Okay, so they're not doing anything. Pulling shit off the wire. Uh, From the Wall Street Journal, household spending increased in October, fueling the recovery. Um, So that's in the news. U.S. jobless claim reaches a 52-year low, a 52, whoa, U.S. jobless claims. I thought it was 52-week, but it's a 52-year low. Jobless claims fell sharply to 199,000 last week, the lowest level since 1969, marking a milestone for the labor market's recovery from the effects of the pandemic. How about that? How about that? That's pretty impressive. I mean, because of the pandemic, that's there's some, you know, footnotes that go with it. Joe Biden's leadership, hey. <laughs> you gotta give the man yeah, I can't even say it with a straight face. You gotta give the man his due. 
Household spending also increased, right, in October, fueling the recovery and inflation. Um, Consumers ramped up spending by 1.3% in October. Strong spending this holiday season is expected to aid the broader economic recovery. Hey, good news on the economic front. God love that. Here's a story. I love stories like this. Um, headline, this is Wall Street, another Wall Street Journal headline. Jamie Dimon, right, apologizes for a joke about J.P. Morgan outlasting China's Communist Party. Chief executive made the comment during a Boston event in response to a question about doing business in China. Oops. Jamie Dimon apologized Wednesday for joking about J.P. Morgan Chase and company that it would outlast China's Communist Party. Mr. Diamond said on Wednesday morning that he regretted the remark he made Tuesday during an event at Boston College in response to an audience question about doing business in China. Yeah. Remember, we don't make jokes about China. Okay? Because they're not standing for it. Yeah. The question is, you know, will he dance like everybody else? Got to have that Chinese money, man. Joke. Joke. Absolute joke. Here's another strategic, right? Strategic um, battle going on in the world. OPEC way shift in oil policy after crude release. The Saudis and Russia consider pausing planned production increases after the U.S. and others release crude to push prices lower. So we're not going to, like, facilitate any kind of petroleum production in the country. We are, uh, but we will, however, get into the strategic oil reserve. So that's going on. Now, there's some interesting stuff coming out of the strategic oil reserve, and I've got to read it. Because I didn't really understand it. So, yeah, more of that next week. And there was one other story. This story from the Wall yeah, too much good stuff in the Wall Street Journal. Um, Chinese official accused of sexual assault, right, on a Chinese tennis player. Her name is Peng Shui. I'm not sure if I'm saying her Chinese last name, right? But you know what I'm talking about, right? He played a key role in setting up Beijing's 2022 Olympics. Oh, that guy. She since disappeared and then magically resurfaced when people started asking, where the fuck is she? Oh, she's being re-educated. Don't you Americans understand shit like that? Yeah. Yeah. So that's in the Wall Street Journal. Um, let's see, top story in let's say let's because I have a subscription for a month. It's top story in the New York Times is analysis: the infl- inflation miscalculations complicating President Biden's agenda. Now I'm not sure if it's me, but it seems like both the Washington Post and the New York Times have taken a much more critical look at. Our current president. Hmm. 
Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I guess their fondest dream, right, that Donald Trump would somehow come back and they could continue to doing their stuff. They actually like might have to cover current events and might have to like do it maybe in well, I shouldn't say not so partisan, but you know what I'm saying. Um, top story in Marine Corps Times is Army Cadets Raid Annapolis steal the wrong goat from Navy. How often is that? How awesome is that? They stole the wrong goat. Now, did they do that because they're just fucked up? Or did they do it because it was kind of a disinformation program that Navy was running? Hmm. Interesting, right? Russia and China signed an agreement for closer military cooperation. And it seems to me that Russia and China have decided to uh, at least cooperate on a limited extent um, because they see the world closing in around them. I, one of the things that, that has happened in the last year that has been impressive is the number of nations that have sent some kind of naval vessel to the Western Pacific. And, you know, I mean, the fucking Germans are even doing it. I mean, who even knew they had a ship? Yeah, like, what? Yeah. So the Germans, and then you had the German defense minister or their secretary, the German secretary of the Navy talking shit about the South, the South China Sea belongs to everybody. Whoa. Whoa. Hey, we stopped talking like that about 90 years ago, bro. Okay, 80 for sure. Okay, whoa. Yeah, maybe he listens to Almerin Radio because Almerin Radio regularly invites the German nation to join it, to take its rightful place in the League of Nations, especially powerful nations, and do its own share to defend the rules-based order under which the German people have thrived. Oh, you mean we'd have to do our duty and be responsible? Yeah, concepts like that. Oh, Angela Merkel, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Clown. Cue the Calliope music with Angela Merkel. Um, yeah, I'm trying not to go negative. Right? Um, top five stories in early bird. President's new helicopter hits a setback. It's unrealistic. It's unreliable in a crisis, says a Pentagon report. Joe Biden's first flight in the new presidential helicopter built by Lockheed Martin is being delayed after a report by the Pentagon testing unit warned that it is not yet operationally suitable or sufficiently reliable, especially in an emergency. Lockheed Martin. Nice. Well done, boys. Nice going. Um, the Pentagon sends nearly 400,000 pounds of Thanksgiving turkey to U.S. troops around the world. Again, I, I've said this before. I'll say it again. Uh, the Department of Defense goes to great lengths to um, recreate Thanksgiving around the world. Yeah, with all of it, right? Turkey, dressing, gravy, all of it. Pumpkin pie, right? 
Yeah. We in Afghanistan, we had these pineapple carvings that somebody did. And you weren't really sure if it was like a turkey or an alligator. But <laughs> you assumed it was supposed to be a turkey. And you honestly, you appreciated the effort because you're far away from home. You're far away from home. We had we had a meal. My my fondest Thanksgiving meal memory is Afghanistan. Me, uh, F eighteen man, Napa man, right? We all go to dinner together. Like we we all tweaked our schedule so we could go eat together because we rarely could do stuff like that. But we did on Thanksgiving. And Napa man is like uh, he loves to eat. At some point, he's going to weigh six hundo. Yeah, he'll be on the Discovery Channel. My 600, a day in my 600 pound life. Yeah, no kidding. He will be enormous. You want to know why? Because he loves to consume large amounts of calories. Anyway, we go through the food line, see the little food guys who we know. I don't know where they were from, Pakistan or someplace. Um, probably, probably sending our grid coordinates to, so that they could shoot at us. But anyway, that aside, um, so we see the little guys that feed us on a regular basis, and we get all get our food, and we're all excited, right? Turkey, I mean, come on, man. But Napa man is glowing like a bride on her wedding day. And I look, and I'm like, whoa, that's disturbing. And he's he's giddy, right? Noticeably giddy until he begins to eat, and then he gets very serious and somber. And I'm like, this is a sign of great mental instability. Yeah. So, I mean, I was concerned. I have a picture of him while he's consuming turkey in Afghanistan. He looks like some prisoner out of, you know, on Alcatraz in the 50s. It's a black and white picture, right? And he's got his head shaved. Fashion being is it, <laughs> fashion being what it was in South Central Afghanistan at the time, and he's got this drumstick in his hands, but he's got this like disturbed look in his face. Napman told me that, um, like his dad, like evidently like likes to eat too. If you tried to take food off his dad's plate, could I have some of that? His dad would snarl at your ass. That's like not a cool thing to do in my home. I'm like. What are you, nuts? It's called sharing, I think. And his family is Christians. Like, yeah, we believe in that, but not with food. So anyway, my fondest Thanksgiving memory. Uh, um, 2004 in Ramadi, um, you know, we had just, uh, my memory of that day is not a good one. It's a bad one. Uh, we had Marines killed in Fallujah that day. And um, I remember thinking, you know, some families getting together and this electronic thunderbolt that will rock their lives forever is 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 moving around the globe. There's casualty notification officers being notified right now that they're going to have to put their uniform on and do this on this blessed day that we celebrate family. And I just thought, this is so shitty. So shitty. Yeah, that's my memory from 2004. Um, 
Pentagon creates a new organization to investigate mysterious objects in the sky. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So there you have have it. Hey, did you also see the story? And this is like all you Star Trek losers out there, right? Right? That that we're going to fire some kind of, like, device into space to hit an asteroid or something that's headed for Earth in a prelude to what may be an Earth-saving event someday? Have you did have you seen that story? Come on, man. <laughs> Seriously? But you can see this the Trekkies and the Star Wars people. Oh my God. They're just like sweating in their clothes. They're like, oh this is I knew it. I knew everybody thought it was so out of touch at the time, but I knew like all right, man. Nice. Nice. The Airborne Object Identification and Management Synchronization Group. A-O-I-M-S-G. What do we call that? That's a... Is that an act? A... It's too many vowels, man. You can't do that. Let me just tell you. You should have somebody... When we name this shit, there should be like a naming convention office. And I would be great at that. Yeah, I'm... I give good nicknames. Right? And this, we would have a better acronym for this. Uh, Next headline. Vet groups worry military sexual assault reforms will be dropped from Congress's defense bill plans. I thought that was a done deal. Both House and Senate lawmakers earlier this year backed major changes in how serious crimes are prosecuted, but the proposals still face hurdles to becoming law. I'm kind of interested in this. Because let me tell you what I I believe, and most of the people I I talk to... um, believe. All right. So let's talk about this military sexual assault. Commanding officers in order to keep good order and discipline may charge charge offenses to keep good order and discipline in in a unit. Right? So so commanders will take cases to court martial that um that a lawyer would not. That a lawyer would not. So what is going to be the impact of now these professional lawyers who say, yeah, that doesn't pass the evidentiary threshold, and so it's not going anywhere. He said, she said, we're not doing that. And so what you're going to do is see the statistic where, oh, the 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 conviction rate went up, total cases dropped, right? Was that our intention? And every person I've talked to says, yeah, that's, that's what's going to happen. Because you're not going to go to take a case to trial that they're going to lose. But I didn't think, I thought it was like a done deal. Veterans groups are urging lawmakers not to drop provisions in the annual defense authorization bill to overhaul how military sexual misconduct cases are prosecuted amid worries that congressional leaders are already backing away from idea. The scourge of sexual assault in the military is a serious problem and demands a real solution, not a watered-down provision slipped in the final bill behind closed doors. A coalition leading advocates wrote to the House and Senate leaders on Tuesday, retaining the reforms will ensure that the will of this strong majority of both houses of Congress is respected. I I, I don't know. I, I Why is this happening? What are they hearing that 
Um, what are they hearing that people are backing away from this? Lawmakers are expected to settle the issue in this year's annual defense authorization legislation, but the Senate still has yet to pass its draft of the measure, meaning debate over many topics in the sweeping policy bill may be cut short or cut off entirely as chamber leaders scramble to write a compromise measure in the next few weeks. So that's kind of an interesting little twist to that because you had the Secretary of Defense, you had the chairman, both get on board with that. Next headline, no Afghan family members of U.S. troops have been eligible to come to the U.S. Here's why. The reason is there isn't a special immigration process for them. Okay, got it. Um, Overseas headlines, Ukraine wants more exercises and training with the United States. You think? They got Vlad Putin knocking on the door. Hello? The U.S. envoy to Afghanistan to return to Doha to meet the Taliban, according to the State Department. Why? What business do we have with them that we need to sit down again? Quote, they'll discuss our vital national interest when it comes to Afghanistan. No, that's not. That's like boilerplate. I know that. That includes counterterrorism. So the counterterrorism piece is going to get laid out there in exchange for what? They want their money. Safe passage for U.S. citizens and for Afghans who have a special commitment. And that includes humanitarian assistance and economic situation in the country. Oh, so now the Taliban won and now they can't govern and they want the United States to help them. Come on, man. Uh, my God, it gives me a headache. U.S. begins exercise off Japan with Canadian, German, and Australian navies. See what I'm saying? That's why you have the Chinese and the Russians, right? Um, Story from the Washington Post. Taliban says sends hundreds of fighters to eastern Afghanistan to wage war on the Islamic State. The Taliban have expanded its shadowy war against the Islamic State branch in Afghanistan. So let me, let me tell you what I think this is about. This is about sending a message to the United States that we want your help and we want your money. And we know in order to do that, right, you have a concern about the Islamic State, ISIS-K as it's known, right? Yeah. So that's what's at work here. Money, the root of all evil. All right, That'll, that's, uh, that's as much of the news that I can take today. So uh, the Mensa Brothers, we started a conversation yesterday, and we're going to finish it right now. But you have to give me a few seconds because I have to, I have to flip a switch, okay? So don't go anywhere, okay? Um, yeah, I got I to gotta get in the switch flipping business here, and then you're going to hear the geniuses that everybody knows and some people like, known as the Mensa Brothers. We'll see. Somebody sent me an email about that. Why don't you say Will's name anymore? Because I I think his name is Constantini. Maybe I should just call him Constantini because that's what I think his name is. And that's what my mouth wants to say. 
and I have this phobia, and it's gone with me since I've been in radio. When I fuck up somebody's name, I go, Will Costantini. Yeah, I, it's just so I, instead of like, fuck it, you're going to be Constantini or we'll see which one. So, yeah, that's why I, that's why I do that. Um, okay, so let me let me throw a few buttons and you will hear the Mensa brothers here. So uh, without further ado, stand by. Button switching commencing. So let's talk about Italian food now since since you guys brought it up to me. Lasagna is my favorite. To me, what is your favorite Italian food? Man, I got to tell a lasagna story because it involves uh, Carrie, Will's wife, who put something on her Facebook page about Italian sausage lasagna. And then she put something that I thought indicated she thought it was great, but which indicated that this is a horrible idea. And I went out and bought all that shit and made it one day. And I, and I, and I put it on my face. I said to Carrie, I said, look at this. I made that Italian sausage lasagna. It tasted like shit. She's like, my God, didn't you see what I wrote? I said, I thought that meant that you liked it. She goes, oh, no. She goes, no, you're an idiot. But, um, yeah, Italian sausage lasagna, bad, bad. So, it, Or taking lasagna recipes off of your friend's Facebook pages, bad idea, too, probably. Yeah. Without reading, yeah. without but reading the comments. Italian broads, they leave out shit so that theirs won't, yours that you make won't be as good as theirs. That's the oh, no, no. I really think. Her whole point ingredient here and there. Her her whole point was nobody within a rational person would even try to make something as hideous as this. And I thought I thought it looked like it was going to come out good. And I was like, oh my god, this tastes like shit. So my grandmother Maria De Pasquale used to make great lasagna. It tasted great. And if William Perry and his group, or who's the guy who got lost in Antarctica? Will was talking about Shackleton. 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 If Shackleton had that two weeks before he got lost. He would have no problem surviving because that lasagna would have stayed in their guts for a month and a half. Yeah, but, there you go. So that was my grandmother's lasagna. But uh, Jerry Martorelli, my best friend, who's a lawyer there in Connecticut now, his mother made – she was from uh, Calabria. She made exquisite, like you were talking about, Mac, very light and fluffy and everything. It was like it was a joy to eat it. If, if you like lasagna, you know? And even if you don't like lasagna, it's just great. My mom made it. It was good, but it was heavy lasagna. Yeah, it's hard not to make it heavy. Especially if you're using Italian sausage. Yeah. Yeah, my mom used those heavy, um, the heavy, what do you call that? Lasagna pasta. Is there a name it's for lasagna it? Lasagna pasta. Is that what it's, it's called? Lasagna. Yeah, yeah. it's lasagna. Yeah. I thought the, di- I thought the dish was called lasagna. Yeah, it is, but it's not. It like, is. You can't use tortellini or fucking uh, and yoki or anything like that. You got to use no shit lasagna slabs of fucking pasta. Yeah, see, that's 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 the American lingo, bro. We got the same word for a lot of different things. Fucks yeah. people up. Yeah, there it does. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're assholes like that. The uh, the best Italian meal for me is is uh, ravioli. You have either meat ravioli or cheese. My grandmother was great at making both. And unlike her lasagna, this didn't go boom like a lead bomb into your stomach. <laughs> it was pretty good. You know what I mean? It tasted good no matter what it was. But, uh, you know, this was enough so you could, like, move around afterwards, you know? <laughs> well, what do you think, Will? What's your, what do you like better, gnocchi or fucking uh, ravioli? We never ate gnocchi. 
There beat. you go. We would have ravioli. Yeah, ravioli you can't beat it. What is your favorite Italian dish, Will? My favorite Italian dish, um, we were in Naples and went on Liberty on a Sunday evening, find somewhere to eat. If you say cheese fucking pizza, you're off the show. No, no I wouldn't eat pizza in Italy. Pizza's from New York. So, <laughs> don't, so don't, hey, go out. Don't tell the Italians there's, that. There's, there's like, they know it. There's no restaurants open. It's Sunday. So we're climbing up sort of. Yeah, you got to go all the way up to that castle up on top of the hill there. So we're going, we're a few blocks away from the ship, and we look up this alley, and there's literally laundry hanging between the buildings, and there's a little neon sign. Said, oh, that must be a restaurant. So we go up there. The, uh, the father was the waiter. The mother ran the cash register, and the daughter was the cook. And there were four tables in the place. I bet you it was great. And we sat down and we had uh, fruity damari, which is uh, fruit of the sea, fish of the sea. Yeah, yeah. And it's a yeah, dish it's with all the different seafood and a very light red sauce. And figure that stuff had probably been caught, maybe had been caught Saturday, but likely that Sunday morning. And we went back there every day we were in Naples and ate the same thing. It was the best, <laughs> best Italian dish I've ever eaten in my life. And this this place that I'm not sure that they'd seen a tourist in that place. It was the neighborhood restaurant uh, up there. How long did it take you to walk from a tourist the pier? In 10 years. Did you walk there from the pier? Or did you get we did, yeah. We walked from the pier. That's straight uphill then, right? Yeah, we you go out, there's a little bit, and then you just start climbing up. And this narrow, crooked alley, again, with the clotheslines and the laundry, yeah. the geraniums out on the uh, on the balconies, uh, cobblestone street. And we mm. saw this little neon sign way at the top of the hill. So, yeah, that was the best I ever had. How about dessert? And the sign says, chooches eat here. Chooch means jackass in Italian. <laughs> How about dessert on Thanksgiving? Are you too full, Timmy? Do you have it? I mean, does a heritage bird fill you up and you're not capable of handling dessert? Or how does that work? We, I almost always have dessert. It's a delayed dessert, and normally it's going to be some variation of pecan pie. I'm pecan. very serious about the pecan pie. You are? Do you, oh, yeah. do you make it? Oh, oh yeah. No, yeah, I've made pecan pie. I don't think I'm be making it this year. Isn't it, I'm not sure what was, kind of I pie I'm going to get. I thought it was pecan pie. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Is it pecan? Yeah, but it's because you. Yeah, no, it's pecan pie. The rest of America, it pecan pie down here, son. <laughs> this is this is Texas. In Texas, that's pecan pie. Don't you know? Uh, but uh, but yeah, no. Well, I, I have dessert, but it's not the favorite part of the of of the meal. And and I got trapped in Cigonella, Sicily for like a week. <laughs> For a That's week, right? Bad. We're waiting, That's waiting for, uh, waiting for the uh, Grenada thing to get to get through, and and a doctor we were with was convinced a terrorist would kidnap us if we went anywhere. So we ate in this goddamn hotel in Sigonella, and all it was was this horrible pizza and horrible noodles and and sauce. And it was like, God, by the time the ship showed up, we had lost like ten pounds. 
and 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 nothing but water and wine, water and wine. It's the only thing they had to drink. And I didn't even understand it the, about the wine stuff because I was like hitting this bottle, like drinking it up, and uh, it was bad. It was bad wine. Yeah, it was stupid. It was so. It was a, it was a miserable experience being stuck in Sicily. No, no fruit of the sea. No, nothing like oh, that. The shitty no, pizza and like, shitty pasta. You yeah, go to fucking uh, Messina or goddamn Palermo. It's fucking great. And Casa Lamar del Golfo on the north coast of Sicily, fucking wonderful. Well, you got yeah. stuck in Siganella because. Your boss didn't have any balls. Sorry about that. Well, yeah, yeah, but the other, the other, the surgeon that was with the medical team, he said, "Oh, fuck you," and he left. And he was gone for like four days. He said he was in, went to remarkable places. He had a blast. We sat in a hotel. Yeah, it sucked. How about you, Will? Dessert on Thanksgiving? Yeah. So my wife used to make the best cheesecake ever, and it's that's true. Completely plain. And I've never had a better one anywhere I've gone. What is, uh, so what is a plain cheesecake? No, it's cheesecake. no, yeah, no fruit, no nothing on it. So crust cheesecake. Yep. The graham cracker. Right. Crumble on the bottom. Right. Cheesecake. Got it. Yeah, uh, that would be Philadelphia cream cheese and sugar. There you go. And That's what it is. I think there's an egg in there and some vanilla. And maybe a little bit of whipped cream. Tell me, so is it um, is it softer or well, firmer? It depends. It depends, right? You've got your one day cheesecake, <laughs> two day cheesecake. Rarely, rarely, rarely is there such a thing as a three day cheesecake, right? Because it just doesn't last that long. So your one day cheesecake is much creamier. Your two-day cheesecake has started to crumble just a little bit. Your three-day cheesecake is El Primo, but you never get to your third day on your cheesecake. So wow. me and my daughters now, we make them. Uh, uh, one of my daughters will be here for Christmas, and so they both made them. Um, and I think I helped make the one last year. I literally have pictures of cheesecake on my phone going back 10 years. My <laughs> wife would make the cheesecake, take a picture of it, post it on Facebook. And I've got those pictures on my phone. <laughs> the evolution of the cheesecake. No oh, yeah. kidding. Oh, yeah. Wow. Best you've ever had. Now, was it something um, in Carrie's family? or No, she got it out of like the Frugal Gourmet <laughs> Cookbook the first time. She said, I'm going to try this. And we had to go out and buy that spring pan thing that you put around a cheese. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. In fact, the first time she made it, I said, you can only make two of these a year. Well, how come? Don't you like it? I said, yeah, that's the problem. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you can eat a lot of cheesecake. My favorite. My favorite. Yeah. The um, Jeff, how about you? Dessert? Yeah. When I was a kid, my my mom made those big old apple pies, you know, and uh, you know, warm when they're warm, they're, they're just great. Big slabs and big, big uh, you know, apple pie stuff, and uh, and Lori does the same thing. So it's like uh, she does all kind of shit. I don't know. Although I have to tell you, it's annoying because I'm like, hey, did you get a turkey yet? I know there's turkeys at this place called Smith's in Vegas. I go, I don't. I think it might be a problem. 
this inshallah attitude you have about getting stuff you need to you need to overcome it and get a little paranoid like me you know like she says we got mail from the irs what the fuck is that <laughs> they're after me they're gonna ask me they heard me say shit on the podcast and now they're gonna fucking raise my taxes no it's just saying we did a good job of paying our tax i don't fucking believe it and then it's like i go you gotta get this turkey you gotta get this shit now Earlier is better. You know, it's like I go, I say, you're like a Muslim. It's inshallah. Yes, it'll be there. How do you know it'll be there? And if it ain't, then what? How, you know, my, my experience with you, my experience with you guys is that she kind of runs that event. How did that go over? She does run it. She runs all the events because I let her because I'm like, uh, I'm a pussy when it comes to that. I don't want to get involved because I can't do anything. I have no skill. You know, I can't cook shit. I can't, the only thing I do is punch people and break shit and like shoot guns sometimes. You know what I mean? So I can't really, you know, I know history stuff. You know? Hey, when was the first time we had Thanksgiving? Well, you know, it was 16, whatever. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, so I let them go because they're the ones doing it. You know what I mean? Got it's it. like you're not going to criticize, you know, a tow gunner if you don't know shit about toes, right? So she's cooking stuff. I ain't going to fucking get in her ass about it, you know? Well, I just, we're, not, you know, we're just talking about your recommendation that she might want to get a turkey. You know, yes, get it. Because if well, we got, I have to tell you, we got enough meat in that fucking freezer in Vegas to choke a pig. You know, it's like uh, all kind of meat. I'm like, I'll why, eat is there, is there a, Is there a meat shortage looming on the horizon? Why are you guys? Or well, did, I mean. Did you buy a freezer and then you had to fill it up? We had shit in like three free freezer, freezers here in uh, in San Clemente, in both houses, ours and the boys. Lori just said, fuck you, what, you guys don't have shit, I'm using your freezer. And so in went leg of lamb and everything you can oh, think man. of, you know? So it's all there now. I'm like, hey, I'll eat that. But I'm just saying, you guys are going to be all morale butthurt. <laughs> Their morale is always in shit when they can't have a traditional thing. And I could give two wet shits about tradition. But, you know... Sooner or later, you get a turkey. But, you know, now yeah, is that, you know what right. I mean? It's like, you know, it's kind of like. Uh, yeah, there was kind of a gloom hey, uh, and doom. Yeah, there was a lot of oh, uh, gloom and doom predictions about turkeys, but I went and bought mine last Saturday. It was, there was a shit ton of them. Turkey, there's yeah. turkeys everywhere. Turkeys here, yeah, turkeys I will there. Tell you how much did it cost? Uh, I don't know. Especially or regular. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I didn't even look. Fifteen yeah. pound turkey was know. it? But they get charged me thirty right. bucks. Who cares? I don't know shit about turkey's cheap cost. anyway. Turkey's cheap anyway. I'm. So I'm, yeah. a, I'm a cherry. It can, pie. it can be cheap. It can it be cheap. <laughs> unless you're like Will, unless, or not Will. Unless you're like Tim. Tim is getting. Yeah, yeah it he's a turkey. It, you're the, uh, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. Family tree, man. You can make turkey painful here in America. It's America. You can make turkey a painful purchase. Because it's America. I um my dessert for Thanksgiving is cherry pie. My grandmother made one of the greatest cherry pies you'd ever want to eat. You literally want to take the whole pie and tell everybody get the fuck away from me. Okay, somebody <laughs> somebody hand me a spoon because I'm gonna destroy this thing. It's that good. And so I've actually learned how to make the whole meal. I can do that. Oh yeah. Yeah, the turkey, the gravy, the mashed potatoes. I can make my mother's Thanksgiving to include the cherry pie from scratch. Crust, the whole fucking nine yard. Yeah. That's no, that's no shit. See, see, Jeff is like my dad. 
who was had my dad could not cook anything. He 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 could make coffee, and that was all he could do in the morning. And so when when I, I moved in with him, when, when he gained custody. When he gained custody of me and my brother, when he, when he gained custody of me and my brother, I had to do all the cooking. You know, we lived up in those colonel houses up there by the by the the old PX. Yeah, and I did I did all the cooking, but I didn't know how to cook that well. So we had like steak pretty much every like three or four times a week, and all, all that shit stopped when he got remarried. When my uh, when my stepmother came in and saw what was in the freezer and stuff, she's like, "You are insane." I'm like, what's wrong with porterhouse steaks? They're good. Jesus, every day, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was steak or chicken. I, I had, or pork chops and mushroom soup. It was three, I had three meals. I just rotated them. But I would stick with steak for a couple That's nights great. in a row. Yeah, it was, that was great. All right, what are you reading? your dad's life by 30 years probably doing that. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> what are you reading, Timmy? I actually needed to raise my morale. I needed to 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 give me a book to inspire me and give me hope. So I have just finished rereading Starship Troopers. Damn if I didn't have a good time reading that too. And, a, and I'd forgotten a good bit of it to include the part about his dad, which I find hard to believe, but that's okay. The Brazilians, who knows? Well, tell us about it. Give us that's a little cryptic for So Starship Trooper, as Will has pointed out, may be one of the best books ever written on on uh, on just discipline, on 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 uh, on having a social order that is meaningful and reflects probably more closely to what our revolutionary founders were talking about when they were talking about having a participatory democracy. Only it takes place in the future, and a democracy it's 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 the the world is all one country, and uh, they're part of a space federation. And in order to become a citizen, you must serve in the armed forces. And or you don't have to. Most people don't. Only a very few do. And uh, But when you do join the armed forces, it's a serious commitment. And it's that is what the book is all about. It's the best book on leadership, particularly small unit leadership, you'd ever want to read, which is what which is what Will keeps on talking about and why I went and reread it again. I, I enjoyed reading that damn thing. That was it's fun. A book, it's a book about ethos, yeah. That is ethos. It's, it's the best book about recruiting, military psychology, small mm-hmm. units, uh, leadership. It's the best military accountability. Book. Yeah, account. Oh yeah, it's it's it was a it was a pleasure to read again. It's one of the great things about it. It's one of those books where there is not a word wasted, and you can read that book. I've read it twenty or twenty-five times. That's a little, that's a little in, over the top, don't you think? Uh, there's something. It's a fast read, every though. Time. It's a fast read. There's not a word wasted. That's a word on. wasted. And you're not like yeah. that. Are you okay? Are you? Is there no, something? That's the all-time greatest. Really? I'm telling you, for, hey, I, for the seventeen I'm... people out there, if you haven't read it, you've missed out. <laughs> oh yeah. I've bribed people to watch. They're listening to this, so there might be twenty-one now. <laughs> yeah, no, that was but it was it was it was a good tip by Will, and it was well worth reading. Because right now, with all this crap going on with weird trials and stuff like that, yeah, we, uh, no, if you nice haven't noticed, have. everybody, we've we've dutifully stayed away from all that because the, the it's Thanksgiving, the, the doom of civilization is not something you discuss on uh, on Thanksgiving week. It's a week we give thanks. So, Will, what are you reading? Um, well, before that. Starship Troopers. I used to 
buy used copies of that in you know used bookstores for cheap. And when guys would make sergeant, I'd give them that book. I said, this is the best leadership That's book smart. you can read. That's a uh, smart move. So I finished reading The Dying Citizen by Victor Davis Hanson. It, it is a phenomenal, horrible book. When you read it, <laughs> you see the demise of civilization. But his ability to take the wisdom and knowledge of the ancients and apply it to the modern world is just, it, it's really something. So I am reading. Will, who's his favorite ancient that he, he refers? Uh, he, he, he goes into, he talks about everyone. Yeah. You know, more Greek than Roman, but okay. he and a bunch of people you never heard of, or I never heard of. So, oh, oh, I never heard of. I am now reading a book called uh, The Shadow of Vesuvius, a life of, I think it's Pliny, or it might be Pliny. Pliny, yeah, Pliny the Elder, Pliny, Pliny the Younger. Yeah, so it's. Um, He's a writer. It's. Uh, I'm trying to look at the author's name, but my. Kindle is a little bit screwed up. Daisy, well, he, wrote, he wrote in in Vesuvius in um uh, in did you say in Vesuvius in the shadow of Vesuvius? The shadow of Vesuvius. So, so he's like a Pompey guy. The older Pliny, Pliny the Elder, actually died when Vesuvius Vesuvius erupted. Oh, that's right. His, son, his nephew, adopted son, um was also a, a big writer in the ancient world. So right. it's just, you know, it's sort of a dual biography. It's it's an interesting book. Yeah. Shadow of Vesuvius. Wow. <clears throat> wow. See, just so everybody listening, you don't get to be as smart as Will is or as smart as Timmy is, you know? And yeah, buy, but you didn't and, and buy $300 turkeys by not trying. It takes effort to get to that intellectual plateau would you call it a plateau and then, and then when you get, and then when you get there you got jeffro who's sitting there going well plenty of the younger plenty of the older which one you're talking about because one of them was at vesuvius the other one was with c and and you're just like like god damn it i should have known better than to drop that name jeffrey what no, are you okay. what, what are you reading who you me yeah i'm reading uh well you know i read movable feast by ernest hemingway and uh Huh. which is a great book. And then I wrote, so that got me into, I, I picked up a short story because I go home to Vegas and I got all my books, most of which I stole from you guys, but some of them I got on my own. And uh, there's one called uh, Winter Take Nothing. It's a, it's an anthology of some of Hemingway's early short stories. So it's a great, great, I, I would recommend to anybody because they're little short stories. It's got the guy coming home from World War One named Krebs. It's got... Uh, but the best story that I read in there was this one called 50 Grand about a fighter, a welterweight fighter in the 20s, late 20s, who um, he's got to fight this guy he knows he can't beat. And he has debts because he's got a kid who's sick. So he bets 50 grand against himself, but he has no intention of throwing the fight. He just knows he's not going to be able to win. And he does it with bookies and stuff and through intermediaries and they the fight happens, and the guy he's fighting is supposed to be based on Jim, on uh, a guy named Jack Britton, and he's fighting a guy who's kind of like Mickey Walker, who's both of them are famous fighters in the twenty. And they start going, and by the eleventh round, he's actually doing pretty good, and uh, but he's losing still, right? 
And uh, the uh, the other guy, everybody, they're all tied up with these gamblers and shit. The other guy gets him up against the ropes and hits him square in the fucking balls. And he's like, the referee separates him and he's staggering around the ring. And he, if he goes down, that means he's out 50 grand, which is how he's going to take care of his family. Right. And uh, he sucks it up and he makes it to the 12th round. And the 12th round, he goes out and he socks the fucking piss out of this guy. And when he's, he's actually winning the 12th round, he gets the guy up against the ropes. And what does he do? He hits him dead in the balls. Right. And the guy goes down and he loses the fight. But he wins the fifty grand, and uh, that's a Hemingway story. You know, it's like you're like, it's crooked, it's fucking corrupt, but there's still there's still um, valor in it. You know what I mean? There's like, uh, there's uh, you know, he has to, he's doing this for his family. He's got a kid who's like, uh, he's got cerebral palsy or something like that, and that's why he did it. But yeah, the name of it is fifty grand. If you if you read that book, you'll love it. If you read that story, you'll love it. And the great thing about Hemingway is these little stories that he wrote. Every one, like Will was talking about, not a word is wasted. Damn few words are wasted in a Hemingway story. He cut the fucking shit out of all of them, you know? Not a word and is I, wasted in Starship Trooper. For people to shit on fucking Ernest Hemingway, but he's still, to me, the heavyweight champion of fucking writers in the 20th century, for sure. <clears throat> I remember reading, I believe it's a Hemingway story, the short, happy life of Francis McCormick. Francis McCormick. It's a great story. Yeah. <laughs> see, like, see, <laughs> trying to drop, trying to drop some life names in this crowd. Yep. Yeah, and the plot is Francis McCormick goes on a, a trip to Africa, he's and he's just got a shrew for a wife, and she's yeah. just, and he finally right throws the tyranny of this bitch off his ass, and then. What, she shoots him in the back of the head or something like yeah, that? Yeah, she, it's <laughs> she, an accident. Yeah. <laughs> he, he fucking stood but, up. He went into the brush after a lion. Right. And then and he says, that is such a great story. <laughs> you know, we don't shoot them. He says, can't we just shoot it from the car? Right. We don't shoot them from cars, the guys. Well, and, and, and the whole, the thing of the thing of the thing is, he experiences this exhilaration in this hunt and this killing of this lion, Right. Yeah, because the lion could kill him too. Right, yeah. and and then, but he kills it, and he's experiencing this euphoria, and then he gets shot in the head and killed by his yeah, wife. Didn't like <laughs> by his wife. So Hemingway, yeah. the uh, I've been job, I've been that was reading. Good, that was I'll tell you what. That's one of my favorite Hemingway stories too. How about that? Um, I've been looking at demographic data all week for the military and the Marine Corps. And, 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 and I had a number of people ask me, you know, like, why are you taking on the commandant or like, I'm not taking on the commandant, but, but I think that when there's this notion out there that the Marine Corps is a certain thing and, and the data shows you that it's not that way. I think that that fuller explanation ought to get into the public realm and and just know this, the data that, that we talked about, that's 2016 data. Yeah. We're five going on, you know, uh, five and a half years later. I will tell you those numbers have changed and probably for the better. And so to me, the reason that it's important to footnote those discussions is so that you can narrow really the focus part of the discussion down. What should the discussion be? 
right, in order, you know, to, to say, okay, let's make this better. And then even some of the byproduct, I got a, a few very interesting emails about what does make the Marine Corps great. And so maybe we could, we should uh, come back to that. But there was another point I wanted to make. Before we go to another point, I would just say I, I uh, respectfully disagree that the numbers are better. Oh. The numbers are what the numbers are. Oh, okay. I don't care right. what the numbers are right, right, when right, it right. comes down to ethnic racial breakdown. Right. So Absolutely. The, the people that say the numbers are better. Well, I, but again, make your whole point because, and, and again, I've heard Will say this, so let me, I will go down this, this rabbit hole with him. I don't care if the Marine Corps is entirely Hispanic. I don't care if the right. Marine Corps is entirely Asian. I don't care if the Marine Corps is entirely black or entirely female. As long as the Marine Corps can be the quintessential fighting force in the world, that's what it should be. Yeah. So, again, the complete you know, I agree with you, and I agree especially when You're it comes welcome. to the stuff about the, uh, the stuff about the young guys, you know, we, we need to not have these young people because yeah, hey Jeff, you know, I, th- I, th- I don't. Yeah. That's horrible. No, no, no. I but I think you're mistaking that. I think that they, I don't think that's what they're saying, and I don't think that the people they think they're going to recruit in their twenties are going to be the people that are going to be pulling triggers and shit like that. I think what they believe is they're going to age the force, right? And they're going to. Well, they're, they should say that then. Well, I, you know, again, I agree with you. I I, I no. agree with you, and 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 so to me, I read, what did I? Well, I was watching uh, uh, actually something I played yesterday, and, and it reminded me of this discussion, right? And that is the truth is important. It's important that we be able to discuss it in public, in articulate, thoughtful ways, and I think that's uh, that's a really important idea. It's something that we've yeah. been doing for a long, long time, right? And uh, but I don't, I don't see it so much. I don't see thoughtful, articulate discourse. Um, and we do it as friends. And even though when we get pissed at each other when we argue, it sounds irreverent. But I think all of us have seen in our lives the wisdom that we've gleaned and the benefit in our lives of of having those thoughtful, articulate, measured dis- discussions. And it's just I and and Glenn Greenwald was talking about that, you know, dedicated, yeah, yeah, dedicated to principles, right? The principle of a jury trial, the over two hundred, you know, almost three hundred years of legal precedent to make sure that the truth does come out. When there's absolutely no fidelity to that, right? What have we done? And so and so to me, those discussions are really important. But I I had there was one other thing I wanted to say about what I was reading and I don't the short happy life of Francis McComber man if you've never read it it's awesome because Hemingway goes into this incredible detail is it a lion that's coming at him or a rhinoceros no it's a, it's a cape buffalo man yeah cuz it's something the, bigger cuz he the, describes the feeling cape buffalo right. is the most dangerous animal in africa right. and uh he's hitting it with his 7 millimeter and it's it's shattering the uh the the big uh, cartilage thing they have between the horns, but it's not killing it because you got to hit it. You got to aim at the nose, right. and um, and he stands and in they, and he stands in there like a he man. Stands in, he's like yeah, he's jacking around in there, 
and then uh, the white hunter's trying to get to a place where he can hit it, and he does hit it, but she shoots fucking McCumber first with a yeah. man lyncher, fucking like basically with the same rifle they killed Kathy with. <laughs> a man hit him in the back of the head. But but and, he uh, he kills the animal first, right? And he's experienced it. That's when he you know the, the the short happy life. So the happiness is. She's just a shrew, right? She beats his ass yeah. all the time and treats him with disrespect in public. And and he but has I, this euphoric reaction to standing there and being brave and killing this this animal. And then then he he dies minutes later. And so uh, yeah, well, yeah, that's heavyweight. Winner take nothing. Gets the four fifty nitro express in the back of the grape. That's that's wrong, man. <laughs> that's wrong. That is wrong. Have you read much Hemingway? Timmy, have you read much Hemingway? No, you know, I have not since probably my teenage years. I, For Whom the Bell Tolls, of course, is uh, that's probably the last thing I read by him. And it's probably, I was probably in my 20s. Will, I should actually, Will, I'm actually going to look at some more. We'll see. Yeah, yeah I think I read uh, just about everything that he published. Really? At one, I, at one time. Yeah. I've read all the novels. I know that for sure. It's hard to say if you've read all the short stories, right? Because yeah. I don't yeah. know that. They're... Yeah, I've read collections of his short stories before. You know, well, hell, old man, old man, in the sea was re- was a requirement in school. I mean, that was yeah. Uh, yeah, everybody got the, taught that. Death in the afternoon about bullfighting. Yeah, yeah, I read all that stuff. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. Spencer Tracy. <laughs> that movie, yeah. man. Everybody right? wasn't happy with that choice. But uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I I you, read Jeff? everything he wrote by the time I was eighteen, and uh, and then I, but then other shit came out later, you know, and um, and then it's almost I read everything he wrote a couple times, and I wrote I read almost everything like Carlos Baker and some of these other guys who wrote stuff about him. Like if you ever saw the movie White Hunter, Black Heart, or whatever mm-hmm. with uh, Clint Eastwood, that's really about um, um, John Huston. Who, um, you know, when he filmed the movie African Queen, and uh, he was trying to copy Hemingway, but the the guy who 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 wrote that Hotchner was another biographer of Hemingway, and uh, that was uh, you read about Hemingway in World War Two. He hooked up with the uh, with a regiment from the Fourth uh, Infantry Division, from basically from Normandy all the way up to uh, the Siegfried Line. He had some great shit there, that, you know, that he wrote. You know, it was he. Uh, yeah, he was, I'll tell you what, and by that time, he had had, I mean, I got blown up, I got a bad concussion. I had a couple minor concussions before that. This motherfucker was the, uh, he had so many concussions, you can't believe it. He had two airplane crashes in a row in Africa, like three weeks apart, smashed his skull, you know, and uh, uh, it's a miracle that he was able to write like two sentences after that, you know, huh. but he did. I, want, I wonder if that's what, I wonder ultimately if that contributed to his... Uh... Untimely demise, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, suicide is in his family. His dad, his grandfather, his brother committed suicide before him. Wow. Ed Ed, 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 multiple head traumas to that. Multiple yeah. TBIs. Yeah. That's- and he, um, yeah, he he has like the record recorded for the most amount of metal pulled out of a guy and without an amputation out of his legs when he was uh, 18 years old in Italy. He was a Red Cross ambulance driver. He got hit by one of those fucking trench mortars. And then he, even though he was hit, he had enough in him 
to carry another wounded guy, and he got hit by machine gun fire in the knee and the in the uh, and he got the guy back. They gave him the Italian silver medal, silver medal of uh, non chicken shitness or whatever, you know. And uh, so yeah, he uh, you know he and then he wrote these stories, especially the big two hearted river and a soldier a soldier's home. They're basically P- PTSD stories, right. but no one knew what that was then, you know. All right. mm. One one more question, um, and then I'll let everybody go. Um, and somebody sent me this and mused about it. Um, and they they said this: Do you remember the first time you saw the movie, The Best Years of Our Lives? And do, oh, you, do do you remember what you thought? So, Timmy, do you remember when you saw that movie? Have you seen it? I saw that I I saw that at some point when my dad was in Vietnam and I think my mom had us watch that thing and I don't have a very positive or, or much of a memory of it at all um I just remember that as for some reason the first thing I think of is this forced kind of uh, of of watching this with my mom when my dad was away so no I don't I, I don't really remember it that well. Sorry about that. I didn't mean to. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's okay. It's Thanksgiving week, man. I can't believe you did that to me. But that's, uh, I'll get over it. <laughs> who, knew, who, knew, who, who knew that was coming? The, um, I, hey, man, you asked and it just comes. I know, I know. Shit. Yeah. Uh, Will, how about you? Do you remember the first time well, you saw I, it? I've never seen it. Wow. The best years of our lives. Jeffrey, do you remember the first time you saw it? That's one of the best movies ever made. Yeah. And let me tell you, especially for so, especially for guys who've been in combat, because um, that's what it's about. You know, it's got um, 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 Dana Andrews. It's got the the, uh, the uh, ex-soldier who lost his arms, you know, uh, in, in the war, who played the sailor. And then they had um, Frederick March plays the a guy who who was a, an executive in a bank and he enlisted. Yeah. And he goes over. He's he's fought in Okinawa and stuff. You know, he saw a shitload of. It's about PTSD, you know, in different in different variations. But they're trying to get out with their lives. And the best part of that movie is the the uh, the Dana Andrews character, who's kind of like a He Man star in those days. He, um, he he says, "Fuck it, I'm giving up on my little town here, somewhere in Massachusetts." He goes to the airfield. He's going to get on a B seventeen and fly somewhere. And he was a bombardier during the war. And so he has to wait. So he goes to the, sh- the, the where they got all these uh, wrecked planes getting ready to be used for scrap metal. He climbs up in one. He gets in the bombardier spot, right? And he's uh, you see he's reliving what happened, right? And uh, there's and you hear this yelling, and you think it, it's it's just a guy yelling in from outside. And the guy's a construction worker. He says, "Yeah." He says, what are you doing up in that airplane? He goes, I'm just, uh, you know, I was, I worked in one of those during the war. He goes, reviving old memories. Huh? And the guy says to me, he goes, well, maybe try to get rid of some. He goes, well, let me tell you something. Well, you wonder boys are up there flying in the wild blue yonder. They're Boston guys. They're Massachusetts. I was down in the tank. And Danny Andrews says to him, hey, chum, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll be glad to share my war experience with you at some other time. But right now I'm looking for a job. He goes, we're going to use all these. He goes, you're going to junk this. You get everything. He goes, we're not going to junk this. We're going to use this for prefabricated houses. And he gets a job. And that was the end of the movie. That was close to the end of the movie. But that fucking flick had so many good parts in it. 
about you know about what it's like to uh, to come back, come back. You know, mm. you've been through this shit. You know? I, I and, was uh, I was the first time I saw it. I was stunned. Um, I couldn't believe that a movie made in 1946. 1946. Yeah, went to the places that the movie goes. It is uh, one of the top 25 movies uh, ever made in the United States, yep. uh, according to the Library of Congress. Right, it won seven Academy Awards: Best Picture, Best Best Director, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor, Best yep. Film Editing, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Original Score, and. Uh, it was the highest-grossing film in both the United States and the United Kingdom since the release of Gone with the Wind. And and I remember, I don't know, I was watching it, and I really didn't know what it was about. Um, I, I mean, it, it starts with them flying in what, like a, a, a B-17, something with that has a glass forward turret. Yeah. And they're laying on the, yeah. they're laying, and they're, they're flying over Wisconsin or some shit like that. And uh, they're talking about home. But the scene that, that sticks with me is I believe the guy's name is Harold Russell. He's a double amputee. No shit. Double amputee plays a a sailor and he's, um, and he wants to marry his, um, his girl, high school, sweetheart. his high school sweetheart. And, um, there's a scene in his bedroom where he takes off his robe and now he's got to take off his arms and she helps him and he looks at her and says is this what you want somebody who's helpless and i think he says you know i don't i'm not even a man right and his yeah. scene is like i mean for 1946 man we didn't talk about ptsd and i remember being like so blown away that frank capra right made that shit yep. and so yeah if you um yeah i don't now that I talked about it, Timmy, I don't want to bring up any more bad memories. But um, oh, that's I'm finding this interesting. It, it's they make you see a movie from 1946 that's talking to us today, and us today should ask, why the hell were we talking about it in 1946? You know, well, the well, Capper yeah. would it's make that, that ma- make that movie. Didn't yeah. didn't he get didn't he get the Shawat on Wake or something? He, I mean, he got a little bit of a, yeah. a, a whiff of the grape. Capra made like Ooh. no Capra, no, no. That you're talking Capra? about um, Raoul Walsh. You're talking about the guy who on Midway, who almost yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. No, the, yeah. I that thought was, the Capra uh, got a whiff of the grape somewhere though. He did. He he took pictures on D Day. There you go. But Capra mainly made good. He made like uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington and. You know, uh, uh, well, wonderful no, he, life. Well, here's, here's the interesting. The here's the interesting thing about his career. He makes those movies before he goes to be one of the film guys over in Europe in World War II. He comes back and he never ever again makes an airy fairy movie. Right. Huh. All all his movies are very different after the war. So anyway, all right, boys. First of all, have a have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, hey, same to you, my friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All you, Happy all you, everybody out there, have yeah. a great Thanksgiving. There you have it. I'm gonna watch. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my watch. Uh, <laughs> the best years of our life. Now. So ah. you fuck, man. <laughs> well, I'll tell you if, what's what will shock you 
is is the content of the movie given 1946 yeah. and we just didn't talk about that stuff so i think I, I think anybody who watched it will find it absolutely fascinating that that he dealt with that so memory says i'll stand up for you kid till i drop after mm-hmm. he punches that guy up mm-hmm. all right happy thanksgiving <laughs> all right all right man That'll do it on this day before Thanksgiving. If you're driving, make sure you leave a little bit early and you get your ass there on time. If you're staying at home, be careful to not get involved in something that wrecks Thanksgiving, right? We know that happens. If you're looking for recipes, a reminder that... um, All the Thanksgiving recipes from the chef and different people are uh, my mom. Yeah, her recipes are on uh, the website. All you have to do is uh, in the search box, type in Thanksgiving or food. You can go to the read board and find uh, the chef's recipes and whatnot. But yeah, just type in Thanksgiving and you'll hear a bunch of shows. You'll see some posts that have instructions. And uh, if you need some help, there you go. Your full-service podcasting event. So on that note, uh, I'm probably the coolest uh, holiday because it's about nothing more than giving thanks and, and, and reconnecting with family and friends. And, you know... I've done this from all over the world, and uh, it doesn't matter if you're there in person or not. Um, my family will my family will reach out, and uh, and we'll all be on a Zoom call tomorrow. So we have that going for us. Yeah. So looking forward to it. And uh, just remember to give thanks. Most of us have uh, an awful lot to be thankful thankful for. So on that note, I'm Mike McNamara. This is All Marine Radio. Thank you for listening. My thanks to the Mensa Brothers for doing this. Have a great Thanksgiving. I'll see you on... No, I won't see you on Friday. I'll see you on Monday. Yeah. So on that note, happy Thanksgiving. I'm out.